You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It was a real tour de force. I was looking for topics for the pregame show. I was like, nope, getting nothing not over here. What's not, not happening here? What is up, everybody? Welcome to a very casual Friday edition of Let's Go. I'm going to allow the premature air horning. I'm actually going to celebrate it. I feel like he was late. I feel like I've got the natural timing down. All right, everybody was off. We're off the rhythm here. Guys, we have a Friday show for you. Great mailbag. We put out some questions, or put the question sent us some stuff. Great. Great stuff. Then I great put out a back. secondary one saying, give me your hottest take. Got great hot takes, too. I can't wait to get to all of them. We'll dive right in. But first, I have to introduce my I'm panel I'm so here. uncomfortable right now. Like I'm just so cramped in this in this room with this table right here. It's, it is. We are a little cramped, aren't we? We need to move this table. Yeah, I think I think, I think Kale made us. <laughs> Kale is trying like, to, what is he's trying to put us here? into a corner. You, put, you, you, you painted us we into love, a corner. <laughs> you're right. I can't. This is not I didn't even notice it, but you're right. I'm like tucked into myself I'm just right off now. my game because I'm not I'm not comfortable in this studio. Kale, you got it. Uh, thank you. That's Harrison. Went over oh, here, though, is Brendan What's up, fellas? Fun game last night. It was fun. It was a really fun game. Really cool to see Jamal do his thing. Huh? Will you walk us through the experience of being, uh, when you miss and it's a loser's lounge, it's like, oh, haha, those like, but when it's like a vibes night and it's a Friday I night know. or Thursday. Did you guys see me in the live chat yeah, last night? It's I, fun. I'm I always in the live chat when I'm FOMO. Off. I was trying to get every take <laughs> in, I'm here today. I always love it, man. It's like, damn it. I missed a good one. The biggest one was actually last year. Mont- was it last year or the year before? Whenever Monte hit a game winner against the Lakers, I think it might have been two seasons ago, and I took a vacation because it was right before um, the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. And I'm down, in, I'm on vacation, and this awesome-ass game is happening. That's like incredible. It's I'm like, like <laughs> when you're on vacation from a game, you're just hoping the Nuggets suck that night. I know, <laughs> I know. You're like, oh, another Pelicans loss. Good luck with that, yeah. fellas. I'm going to take off that uh, that national TV game. I'm yeah. t- my wife, though, I, I'm lucky. I have a great wife, and she's a huge Nuggets fan. So even on vacation, she's what right. does she want to do? She wants to watch the Nuggets, too. Wow. wow. You chose right. I chose right. I know exactly. (laughs) Here we are on vacation. Um, We're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can use promo code DNVR. You download it. You make fun bets with us like we did last night. Man, you not only missed a winner's lounge, you missed a $50 for free bet. Although you could have made that one, actually, if you wanted to. Just sitting at home, you could have done it. Um, Yeah, 50 bucks just for free, man. What are you going to do with that 50 bucks? Lose it all back right away. (laughs) Are you kidding? I can't wait. Same exact one. Guys, I have a couple things to get to first before we get to the mailbag. The first one, you guys know about the Quesarito. Correct. Didn't think that this is where we were (laughs) going to start today. (laughs) You guys know about the Quesarito. When Nikola Jokic was drafted back Uh, in 2014, there was the Quesarito on the TV. That's what it was, right? The Quesarito. 
But somebody in the Discord, and maybe it came from Reddit, I don't know, so I apologize if I sourced this incorrectly, but somebody in our, you know, the DMVR lounge, where if you're a DMVR member, you get to hang out and uh, talk to other Nuggets fans. It's like a clean Twitter. People aren't fighting. It's like very fun. No yeah. Sixers fans fan. in there. No Sixers. It's like Nuggets Twitter, but in private. That's what Twitter right? wants to be, but will never be. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Get off of a lot. Everybody's Musk verified. Get into the DNVR lounge. <laughs> you don't have to pay for the Twitter blue. But somebody shared that Just right before. We all know the Quesarito as the prophecy, right? Like Jokic is drafted. That's it. But little did you know that before the Quesarito, Jokic is actually drafted with a different image on the screen. Kale, go ahead and show us this drafted. This is the actual image. When Jokic was picked, tell me this isn't an wow. incredible. How did we focus in on the Quesarito and not on the unicorn? That's incredible. This is a prophecy of epic proportions. <laughs> like we're circling back to this. I know. I just saw somebody <laughs> added the Discord, so I was like, I got to talk about. That's this. a good yeah. point. He is a unicorn. Isn't, isn't this the actually unicorn the power forward? <laughs> I'm just hit a power forward. It's like they knew. I just think it's actually something. Uh, you know, like when Jokic was wearing the Nuggets shirt. Or yeah, sweater. Yeah, back when he was five, oh, yeah, and you're kind of yeah. like, wow, I, I don't it. know. It's yeah. like, is it really God's plan all along? And then he gives us this unicorn, and here we are talking about quesaritos. That's awesome. I Some, just thought it was that's, good. that's wild. Um, the other thing I want to talk about: the Denver Nuggets right now are the 11th best offense in the NBA. They have a 113.7 offensive rating. Last year, they had a 113.8 offensive rating, so 0.1 better for the whole season. I think Denver's number is probably going to rise over the course of the season. But they are 11th ranked right now. Are they actually sneaky great on offense? And here's here's what I mean by that. They've been on the road, so there's that. They've played the Lakers twice. The Lakers are second-best defense in the NBA by defensive rating. They've played them twice. Mm -hmm. They also played... Thunder? The Thunder twice, who are the eighth best defense in the NBA. They played the Utah Jazz twice, who are the ninth best defense in the NBA. And they played the Blazers, who somehow are the 11th best defense in the NBA. So that means they have played all but one of their games against top 11 defenses in the NBA. And the Nuggets are 11th best offense. And, oh, by the way, Denver's offense still like, you know, there's been like clunky moments of it. Like they're still figuring it out. Bones hasn't played a whole lot. I'm watching the Nuggets... And I'm looking at some of the numbers, like they're turning the ball over a little bit much, but the the f- efficiency on shots has been incredible. They're yeah. the number one three-point shooting team right now. I actually look at this and I go, I think Denver is actually a sleeping giant offensively. We've all been a little surprised that they've been 11th. It's early, man. These numbers swing so wildly. I think Denver is sneaky good on offense, and it's disguised by the schedule and some of the stuff going on. Still early enough in the season where ratings on either side of the ball may just as well tell you more about who you've played to date than who you are as a team. Right? Yeah. Not everyone's played everyone, so that information is important. I think you're right, though, when you consider the fact that Jokic is clearly in a playmaking first mode, that Jamal, there have been some speed bumps, you know, that there have been bench minutes without bones, and right. one game where they didn't even stack. They didn't score for like two or three minutes, you know? like It, it, it does feel like this is them kind of going at 60 70% at times. That first half last night... You know where Jokic doesn't even have to look at the rim, and they're still putting up seventy plus points. That actually that does that feels more like what they can do. Right. You know, of course, it's a little bit outli- outliery in how they shot, but that that's what this offense can get to when everyone's playing well. So I think they haven't even scratched the surface. When oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think they're a sleeping giant. Like I think we know they're going to be elite on offense. They're they're an awakened giant. <laughs> like <laughs> I I don't think it's any surprise that. Like 
they are eleventh with the schedule that they've played. The reason they're not higher is because of the bench, right? Because they haven't been able to score with Nikola Jokic off the floor. If you look at like the on-off yeah, offensive ratings, yeah. so yeah, they're going to be top ten. They should even be top five, and I think they will be. Like, like the Nuggets' offense, I think, is going to be better than they are right now throughout the rest of the season. They are shooting the ball very, very well right now, and I don't know how sustainable that is. Number one, I think they have five or six players right now shooting 38% or higher. I had the stat earlier this morning on lockdown, but I don't remember what it was. But it's a lot. you got Michael Porter. You've got Bruce Brown. KCP is actually the number one three-point shooter on the team. I mean, other than DeAndre Jordan. But KCP right now is shooting above 52 totally. or 50%. Yep. You know that? Isn't that crazy? And he's shooting five a game. I think that the KCP's hot start shooting has gone way under the radar. Because we've talked a lot about Michael Porter and about some of the other guys, Bruce Brown even. But five threes a game, I think that's the second most on the team. And he's shooting like 57% from the corners, I'm pretty sure. When those balls popping possessions end in his hands, you feel great. You feel great. I kind of feel great. How many guys on the team do you feel great when the ball lands in their hands right now? For, oh. Michael Porter, Tavius Caldwell Pope, Bruce Brown right now. I would put Bruce Brown. Absolutely. Yeah. No question, man. He's, um, he's shooting. Bones Highland. Um, Jamal Murray. What? Um, yeah, I think that's it. That's it? That's the five? Zeke Naji, if he were to play. Christian Brown, do you feel good when the ball finds him? No. He's shooting 38%, 39%? Not yet. He's just not there for he me yet. He hasn't taken a ton of them. Yeah, Nonetheless, that's, really that's five guys right now when the ball swings around. And by the way, it's your main <laughs> five guys other than Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Where when the ball, and that's one of the things that has stood out to me is there's a lot of possessions where I'm watching the ball swing and I'm like, it'll get to KCP. And I'd be like, oh, take it. And then he'll swing it. I'll be like, damn. But then it's Michael Porter. And I'm like, oh, wait. Like, no, oh, oh, wait. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, that. And then I he'll mean, swing yeah. and it's Jamal. And you're like, hey, this is great. Just last year to this year, you get Michael Porter Jr., you get Jamal Murray. There are yeah. two of those guys right there. You get Kenny Pope, who you feel way better when the ball leaves his hands than you did when it left Will Barton or Monte Morris's hands, despite those guys being, you know, upper 30s level shooters from three. Good catch like Kenny shooters. Pope is just on a different level. Yep, totally. And Bruce Brown, I don't think Bruce Brown is this good of a shooter, of course, but he shot the ball well from three last year. I think he's an upper 30s guy, too, when it all, you know, settles in. So just last year to this year, there's just way more dangerous shooters on the roster now. And that's something Calvin Boot said this summer. He's like, doesn't take a genius to know to surround Nicole Jokic with shooters. Right. <laughs> right. And that's what the Nuggets have right now. And for whoever is maybe overperforming or too hot or, or you know, sure, like individually you go down the line, some of these guys will cool off. But the reason you feel good about the shooting is, at least anecdotally, not looking at the data, how, how many of these feel like wide open looks, feel like looks they could find again and again and again and again? Yeah. Um, and what you were saying about that, imagine how you feel defensively, rotation, 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 you make one mistake. And it's one of these three guys that doesn't miss open yeah. shots. By, by by January, I think this is gonna this team's gonna look like a machine. If we're not gonna speak out of the both sides of our mouth here, if we're talking about Denver has played a lot of good defenses and has been eleventh, they also are really bad defensively right yeah. now, and they've played no good offenses. <laughs> Portland is the twelfth best offense. It's the best that they've gone against. The thirteenth, mm -hmm. the Warriors are thirteenth, second best that they've gone against. Jazz are fifteenth. And then you have to scroll way down before you start to get to the Oklahoma City Thunder at 27th and the Lakers at 30th. So the fact that Denver has had a bad defensive rating so far, despite the fact that they are playing bad offensive teams, is yeah. a little concerning. But again, 
We'll find out if these things stabilize. The Nuggets are five and three. All right, let's get into some of these questions from the mailbag here, good shall questions. we? Good question. My favorite question from today. We're going to start off with it. It was the headline here, and it comes courtesy of Flo from France. He says, after eight games, what up, Flo? Do you is it bonjour? Yeah, ah, grow up, Wayne. Come on, read a book, what up dude. Is not grow up, yeah, read a book, bro. Jesus. Flo, after eight games, do you think this team misses a last piece? It's a good one. Are the Nuggets missing a piece? Are they one piece away still from based on what you've seen? You don't want um, this first one? I should look to you. Um, I mean, <laughs> I think... You're record scratching. I'm giving you an open shot over I think here. it would definitely be nice to add a, a next piece. But I think Denver has the team right now that it can win a championship with when fully healthy, when Bones Highland is playing, you know, when their top eight are in the lineup. I think Nuggets have a top eight that they can win a championship with. So would another piece help? Yes. What Do I think they'll flirt with adding another piece at the deadline? Yes. But do I think they can win a championship with this roster as it is right now? Yes. What What is the piece? Like what kind of well, pieces? Is that, that that's missing? why I'm with Wind because if you're nitpicking, I think you could use maybe. I think we all know what the piece a backup is. center and or one more. It's a backup four or five, four or five, what? and and or this one more creator off, off the bench. I disagree. Yeah, a creator off the bench. Okay, that part. Yeah, I think for sure. Although I will say this, I I want to see a sample size with Porter there and Bones healthy. Totally, that's what I mean. Totally, Bones, totally, because totally, totally. Bones and Porter might you might actually not need a second creator. It might actually work out. But I don't, I don't think you need those. another creator. So I don't know if that's it. What I'm, a, I'm being he said picky. a four or five. What, what, oh, that's what I was going to say. Really? As well. Yeah, I think you're down. The there. Nuggets have this as fours right now. Five part of it. Maybe it's just a five, but here's the fours. You have Aaron Gordon. You have Jeff Green. You have Zeke Naji, and you have Michael Porter. Mm-hmm. Those are your four. And then if you want to go deeper than that, you have you know Blacko Chanchar or what have you. But to me, Denver has a lot of guys that can play the four. The five. Okay, I'll grant you that. DeAndre Jordan is he the guy? I don't know. When you get to a playoffs, though, it's just it becomes less important in the regular season. I do think that we'll see. I'm not ready even to say DeAndre Jordan because I kind of think he's been good this year. He's done the rebounding. He's done some stuff. Like That's not the anchor to me. The part I look at is Denver has some good perimeter defenders, especially with Christian Brown uh, you know, co- coming in. I know they haven't been effective yet, and that's its own question. But look, Bruce Brown, KCP, Christian Brown, those, guys, those are guys that I think are good perimeter defenders. Inside, you've got Aaron Gordon, who's been very good. You do have DeAndre Jordan. And you've got uh, you know Jeff Green, who I think knows how to guard. I mean, last night he got the defensive player of the game chain. Like, he knows how to guard. And you have Zeke Naji, who's a good defender. To me, it's the three. You have, right now, the backup, Davon Reed playing minutes here, again, who I just don't think he is in your playoff rotation. I don't think that's a guy that can play. And you have guys like Christian Brown, who are 6'7", but we saw last night... I think you just need guys that are like six eight, maybe a little bit six seven, but a little bit longer. Just of like course. six eight, you need those types of guys who aren't necessarily forwards, but they can get out on the perimeter and guard the Shays, who's by the way like a guard but enormous. To me, that's what they're missing. Michael Porter is the offensive version of that. They have six seven and below guards, you know KCP and what have you, and then they have the big guys. I don't think they have a three that can defend that just gives you an extra body there. So to me, that's what I look at. But what's interesting about that for me. Because I do think that Denver is probably one piece away. I actually, I actually kind of do. And I want to see how it all comes together. I think they can be great. But when you win a championship, you just need so many defensive bodies. Peyton Watson is not going to be that guy this year, I don't think. I would be pretty shocked if he was. But he kind of is the body type I'm talking about and the player mold I'm talking about. If you had a fully formed, like Peyton Watson two years from now, if he hits all of his indicators, 
that to me, he's exactly what they need. Yeah. A defensive-minded guy who like... That's why they drafted him. <laughs> in theory, would he be a guy that guards Shea? Maybe, yeah. I mean, he's, he's taller than Shea. He's yeah. really long. And that's what he's supposed to do is be able to can, like block shot. He blocks jumpers and he like keeps you in front and, and blocks from behind and all those kinds of things. So to me, can Denver find one of those guys that's like an Otto Porter, I guess? that They're not like high usage guys, but there's somebody that you can count on 10 to 15 minutes to be an elite defender who's not a negative on offense. Otto Porter, elite defender? I mean, Otto Porter's a good player. He had a very good year for the for them last year. Yeah. Again, you're not going to find an elite perimeter defender. Right. That's you're going to find saying. a cheap guy who can be a defensive player for you. For I just think minutes. finding an impact backup front court player is a lot more likely than finding an impact small forward. Yeah, but I'm not asking what's likely. I'm asking what Denver needs to plug up to show up all the holes. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. it, so do you agree with it now that I've made the argument? No, I still think a 4-5 is more important. But they have I, so many fours, though. That's the, they have like seven fours. Do you really want to play Zeke Naji in the playoffs? I think, I mean, we'll see. We'll find out. But to me, it's, I have... Faith. How many minutes do you want to play Jeff Green in the playoffs? 10, 15, but that's what you play. I want a guy that you can play a little more than that. You think Denver needs that? I mean, Jokic is going to play a lot. Jamal Murray's going to play a lot. Um, Aaron Gordon's going to play a lot. Those guys yeah. are all... KCP's going to play a lot. That's already three, four guys that are 30-plus minutes. Yeah. And in the playoffs, they're probably 36-plus minutes. I think you Bruce need a Brown's guy that can defend the 4-5 that's not on the roster right now. Man, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. The four is just not the spot that I'm concerned about with these guys. Um, let us know. I'm curious what everybody else here thinks. But to me, Denver is. Here's the thing. They do have some pieces, and we look at this, and you go, what is the best move if Denver is to make a move? And you need to get a good six foot seven, six foot eight wing defender who guards twos, threes, and maybe a little bit of fours. If you can find one of those guys, but it's going to cost you, what are the surplus of talents that you have? That maybe you have to give up. Well, Zeke Naji obviously probably is the most likely to be traded at this point. Probably um, Ish Smith. You know, you can give up right, in a I deal. Yeah. Vlatko, you could give up in a deal. These like, guys don't have any value. They're just salaries. they're they're salary matchers. Um, other than that, like I don't know if you're going to be wanting to give up anybody else that's that's playing right now. Bones Highland is the best trade piece. I'm not trying to trade him away. I'm just saying it might come yeah. to that where if Denver has like even Peyton Watson, I just talked about two years from now, he might be the guy is Denver's timeline. Not there. Is he having a really good G league? And it's like, you know what? We like this guy. He'll be good in two years, but we got to move on and to be able to get that guy. You trade bones. You're like, you're running, you're running dangerously low on guys that can put the ball on the floor, make plays in my opinion. Maybe, maybe you are. Maybe by the, maybe Ish ends up going into that. I'm just saying like, those are the things you have to look at and say, where are you most in need? And sure. I do think Denver is most at need right now at a defensive-minded 6-7 player. Yeah. That's not a negative on offense. That'd be great. Like zero on offense. So That'd be great. Maybe they'll find one. Um, but it was a good question. So tell us, do you think that the Nuggets are one piece away? Or do they have all the pieces that they need? Um, should we take a break? Sure. Let's take a break. we got more mailbag questions here on the other side. I'm going to read these comments now to see what people are saying. Yes or no. Yes or no to what? Oh, do we, did they uh, need another piece? Somebody said Josh Primo. <laughs> <laughs> He's not 6'7". <six>, <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, make sure to pick up uh, your tickets for concerts, shows, events, whatever you need, sporting events. Make sure you're using the Game Time app. Use our link in the description. If you're watching on YouTube, scroll down. It's right there in the description. If you're listening to this as a podcast, it's also in the podcast description, but don't mess around comparing all these different third-party sites. 
Download the Game Time app with our link. Use Game Time if you if you need tickets to concerts, shows, sporting events. They've got these great last minute price drops. Um, Game Time. Um, it, it's a great app that a lot of people are using right now. It's really convenient. You don't have to mess around with all those other third party sites. Download the Game Time app. Use our link if you're looking for tickets for concert shows and sporting events this year. Also, the NBA is obviously back. Basketball is back. So to tip off the season, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, they're offering this for new customers. You can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins. In addition, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Make any $5 bet this week. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook. With promo code DNVR, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Done? Back here. Ready for more questions? All right. Let's get into the mailbag. Let's go deep into the mailbag here. Joshua asks, how concerned should we be that Bones will be injury prone moving forward? Uh, I'm not, well, I'm somewhat worried about the ankles, which flared up earlier in the season. I'm kind of relieved these last couple of games are the hip and not the ankles um, for that reason. Because, look, those can be lingering issues for guards. Yeah, Nuggets have been derailed by hips, though, man. I mean, that too. Bones is like a really skinny guy. I honestly think every time he falls over, he probably hurts his hip. So, I mean, yeah, there's the... there's the <laughs> Bruised like, hip? It, yeah, it's literally exposed. So I'm concerned that's a part of it. Um a little bit, it just, but it's the ankles that concern me. I think missing a couple of games because of his hip, you know, I have to wait and see more before I flag that a problem. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely a concern with him. It's probably going to be a concern with him throughout the next couple of years at least. I mean, he's just a guy who we have seen, you know, just naturally gets little knick-knack injuries. Uh, rolled ankle here, sprained ankle there, the hip thing now. Um, he just has a body type that I think – is prone to those types of injuries. So it's it's definitely a concern that I'm always thinking about with him. I'm I'm not. I, to me, like, there's not a big enough sample size. This hip thing didn't seem – I mean, he played on Tuesday or whatever in practice, according to Michael Malone. So to me, this sounds like just a little one-off thing. Um, I'm not too concerned. I am concerned overall just because, like you said, small guards in general yeah. are more vulnerable. He's just had a lot of these But I'm not already. concerned – given the games he's missed so far in his career. I think it's sort of to be expected. Again, not that many rookies, especially guards, play as many minutes as he did last year. That's right? true. So That's a great point. I think there's just any time you play an 82-game schedule, you're m- more likely than not to have little bang-ups here or there. Um, but it's a good question. Uh, Philip asks, why is Chucky not <laughs> in the rotation? I think he can help a lot as a reliable guy. Where would he play? Well, he's he's played a lot of different positions over the last. But I'm couple saying of in years. this rotation, is he over Jeff Green, over DeAndre Jordan, over Zeke Naji? No, he's probably playing. If he was playing, I guess it would be like at the backup three. Mm. You know, I think you answered it earlier. He's they taller ha- than Christian Brown. He's taller than Bruce Brown. Yeah, but he's not like. I like him, but he's not mobile. I know. I mean, I don't think he should be playing. They just have a bunch of fours, like you said earlier. Yeah. Regardless of how good you feel about them, they just have a lot of them. I'm I'm one of Chad Char's biggest fans, but I just don't think he's here to play. I think he's here to be a, in case you need him, and he'll play, yeah. but I don't. I would look at him as an assistant yeah. coach. 
Um, the Hamburglar asks, what is one thing you would change to make the NBA better on court and off the court? This one requires some thought. Wow, that's deep for a Friday. I have my one theory, one theory I have here because I just think the NBA is too much of a gimmick net right now in favor of guards that I would make I would change the defensive three seconds to defensive five seconds. I would allow bigs a little bit more leeway in the I've paint. heard that one. The only before. other thing that you could maybe do is shrink the paint just a little bit because right now I think there's just too much room for bigs to cover to check out of the paint and get back in. So one of those two things, defensive five seconds or just make it the interior line on the paint and maybe even move it in. I mean, I don't know. Hmm. I just think that's the easiest fix to make it so that guard, the guards don't get to just run into an empty paint all game, which is what happens right now. Yeah, man, that's that's a good question. The other thing I would do, man, you guys, this is easy for me. The other one I would do is players signing five-year max contracts have n- no trade clauses both ways that cannot be waived for two years. I don't think if you get if you sign a max deal, you yeah. can't demand a trade the first totally. time you have it opt out. To me, like not only can you not demand it, no fan base should have to worry about it in year one of a five-year deal. Totally, they should be like, oh sweet, we signed him. That's two, maybe three years. We don't have to ever worry about whether or not he could be traded. Yeah. I like. Uh, I hate the way if everything around a screen is officiated. Yeah, you just kind of can't fight through it at all. And with the factors you were mentioning, you know about how easy it is to score in the paint right now, and then how afraid you have to be on the perimeter, combined with the fact that if you sneeze on someone while they're right. shooting, it's three free throws. Mm-hmm. Like, At the very least, you should be able to fight through a screen without a whistle. And it just yeah. felt like you can't do that anymore. I would like to see uh, coaches wear suits again. That's a change I would I would like to make. Wind is big on this. Um, <laughs> this is. A... <laughs> Wind's worn sweatpants to work like half the time <laughs> over the last year. That's so true. I started dressing down when the coaches started dressing down. <laughs> I love it. That's the greatest wind ever. I, Whose fault is it? How is can it I wear a suit to a game when a coach is wearing a a sweatshirt? Oh man, there's nothing I hate more than a suit. I'm with you on that. I just hate a suit. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I like a good suit. Yeah, I know you do. I've seen yeah. you. I've seen you many, many a time. Nolan says, was it me or did Jokic have some really bad non-contests at the basket last yeah. night? Yeah. He almost seems like he's playing defense like he's in foul trouble. <laughs> the reason I love this one is because I've legitimately had this exact thought. Same, last where I'm night. like, he's Same. playing like he has foul trouble. I was like, man, how many fouls does he have? Zero. Zero. What are you doing? Yep, there was one last night I literally looked it up after. Yeah. Same. I I don't think it's just you. I will say, I asked Michael Malone about this earlier this week, saying, you know, like, how would you evaluate Jokic? And he went out of his way basically to say, basically, the guards need to do a better job. They're putting him in bad spots. I think that both things are true. And I wonder if there's a little bit of Jokic, like, I'm not going to save anyone and put myself, my my yeah. neck out there right now. But they, they also went out and got better defensive guards and then got worse on you. Like, I think a lot of... I think we can call it what it is. I think Jokic could certainly try a lot harder on defense. The offensive load for him seems easier than it has in years oh, past. Yeah. But yet the defensive effort has gone down also. So you're totally. kind of like, hold on, what's going on here? Totally. Yeah. Should I do my defense spiel right now that I was going to do last night? What do you have? Okay. So last night, just it did not give me any more confidence in Denver's defense rebounding. And I kind of grew more concerned. Like last night with their defensive rebounding with the defense turning around. Yeah. With just the defense (laughs) because look, the Nuggets had practice for two days before last night's game. They were off for three days. Michael Malone spent the entire week just harping on defense and how Denver 
is going on the road and he's concerned about the defense because they've been awful defensively on the road. And that was the focus of like the Nuggets two practices, you know, before this OKC game. That's all they've been talking about. And the fact that they play defense like they did for those first three quarters after the messaging from Michael Malone, like the entire week leading up to this game and Denver to come out defensively like that was really concerning. And I've got to think there's like a, his message isn't getting delivered like it should because for him to like harp on defense, like he did. And for Denver just to come out and defend like that after the week of practice that they had and, and what, you know, Malone's, like what he was telling his guys leading up to that game about how they need to defend. And for that to happen like that, that made me a little more concerned than I had been just because I, I expected a better response from the Nuggets players after, after the last couple days leading into that game. I had this discussion with Matt Moore today. Cause I think the, the, the hard part about doing what we do, which is talk about these teams you know, some people will say, well, Harrison, are you saying that they need to fire Michael Malone or that Michael Malone is, is uh, incompetent at teaching a defense? Maybe. What you're saying is you are diagnosing a problem saying there's something wrong here. Yeah, there's just, something wrong that this team emphasized defense, had yeah. two days to clean up their defense, and they came out and looked like they had no improvement on the defensive right, end. Like, right. There's, there's just there's, something that is like breaking down in communication there it feels and, like and w- or maybe in diagnostics and diagnostics yeah. i've always said this on the, the best example for this for me is i always would get frustrated when a coach will harp on turnovers we got to stop turning over because nobody wants to turn it over right and sometimes there are turnovers that are like i was just being careless with the ball but sometimes if you're harping on it like we're being careless maybe there's another reason that the turnovers are happening and you haven't diagnosed why and I kind of have to think this is what's going on with the Nuggets defense. Is that being diagnosed properly? And maybe it is an X's and O's thing, a scheme thing. Maybe it is a personnel thing. But I have a. I, I also wonder, maybe it is a Michael Malone thing. I don't, I don't know. What I'm saying is that is one answer for it. Another answer, and I brought this up on Locked On today, but I think it's, it's something I've been thinking about. Last night in the third quarter, Jamal Murray started yelling at guys. Did you notice it? Mm-hmm. I went back yelling, and watched, Including yeah. Michael Porter and especially Michael Porter. But he starts yelling at guys. And I think and Michael Malone after the game kind of laughed because he was like, give me the ball or this or that. He wasn't even yelling at the defense. Right. He was yelling about something else. But my point is, Jamal Murray elevated the intensity of that game from Denver's perspective in a way that no other player really has and really has a knack for doing. And Jamal Murray did. And then guess what? The defense picked up. And I'm not trying to say the solve to the defense was Jamal Murray screaming at guys, but maybe it... So when I, we say like, oh, there's a problem, there's a disconnect, this or that, must be Michael Malone. Again, he's the coach, so it always falls on the coach at the end of the day. But part of me wonders if like, what if it's as simple as this team needs somebody that just calls people out for their shitty defense? Yeah, maybe it is. That's maybe not is. Michael Malone. Like the, the coach is calling yeah. him out, like whatever, he's always calling him out. Right. But Jamal Murray is sitting over here like, yo, Bruce, we brought you in for defense, right. he's cooking you. Like, and, <laughs> and he's the other star playing hard. And look, yeah. to me, yeah. the difference between, if you want to find one, Jokic and Giannis more than the defensive prowess is this like if you're on the Bucks this year and you're showing up for work right you know who else is showing up to work today Giannis right. and he's going to work harder than you on both sides of the ball and it's not just about the prowess it's the effort and so if I see Giannis going that hard in this five and zero start after we've already won together he wants another one seven and oh. I, or se- thank seven and oh thank you 
um, time has passed. I'm damn sure not going to be the reason we lose our first game. Right. I'm showing up and I'm playing. And to be honest, right now, there's just, I've said this before, but there are enough reasons to look at everything and say, well, if they're not crossing their T's, I'm not going to dot my eyes, you know? And there's, I think some of that is Jokic. I think some of it is like all of this is just kind of, well, it'll fix itself, you know? And, and maybe it will, but he's a guy who can set the tone, right? So if he's playing like it all matters on that end, I have full confidence more guys will respond to that. Similarly to how do they responded to Jamal's, one of the best players saying, wake up, we can't lose this game. And that can be done through example as much as it can be just screaming. Well, I agree with you in your broader point because I do think that there's something here about Jokic can be a little passive aggressive. He can be a little mopey or this or that where it's like, hey, find a way to communicate to these guys but also show them and this or that. The one thing, the difference I will say is Giannis's trait is his motor. That is Chuck, his sure, best skill, is sure. his body and his motor. Jokic is much more, I always use the sledgehammer and scalpel, right? Giannis is a sledgehammer. He beats you because he just like brutally gets to the rim and just like keeps right. like doing this. Jokic is a tactician. And so I think that for Giannis's style, the intensity and this, this, and that is more important and more wired into the DNA of him, whereas true. Jokic is that like is much more of a, we need to do this right. I'm not going to run through a wall to make up for right. you doing the wrong thing right. over and over again. And I, again, I don't always, I don't agree with the approach. Like leadership is figuring out how to get both things accomplished. But I do think that this is one different, important distinction between the That's two of those point. guys. That's a really good point. Um, let's get a couple more in here, shall we? Um, buckets. Says, is Jokic just playing possum for the first month of the year to give Giannis a nice cushion so he doesn't have to worry about winning the MVP again? That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Of course he is. <laughs> of course that's what he's doing. He doesn't want the MVP again. That is ridiculous actually, question. actually very much a factor, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's like, God, are they really going to try to come to Sambor again next summer? <laughs> Did yeah. we ruin Jokic's career, like, season? I just don't November? want the Nuggets to come to Sambor again. I'm telling you, just whatever it takes to not do that ever again in your life, boys. Um, in all sincerity, here's the funny thing. I haven't... Has the MVP conversation entered yet? I think... I feel like every... ESPN analyst is too worried to be the first guy. They don't guy. want to be the first They guy. don't want to be the first guy. But once it is, the floodgates are going to open. And they're all looking I will like, say this Harden injury is going to work out really well for Joel Embiid's candidacy. Oh, is this the pity MVP's I, coming? I through? didn't say it. <laughs> I didn't say it. If we're doing this. <laughs> it, it, the pity MVP? I no. mean, no, Giannis is probably leading MVP. If, right if, we, had, if yeah. we had a MVP ladder right now, I don't think Jokic is in the top 10. Fair yeah. or not. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it doesn't fit. And so like, how much longer do you have to do this to where you're eliminated from contention? Probably only a couple more weeks. <laughs> like, the initial narrative, really. He's like, you think Yoke's checking like ESPN? He's checking DNVR. Yoke, he's checking Yoke's, everything. Yoke's people are conducting their own straw poll. That's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, like, right he's over here. He's like, why is no one talking a about the MVP? A two-week straw poll. I want to start playing hard, like, but I need right, to You're be not in the top 10. You're on a good pace here. Yeah. He's calling up bond temps. He's like, can we get one of those polls out, man? I've been terrible. I'm trying to not be on the list. The correlation between the Nuggets defensive rating and the first MVP poll when Jokic isn't on it. <laughs> they just take off. Uh, so I thought that was a funny one. Uh, Eric asks, rank the, oh, this is a great question. Rank these from most likely to least likely this year. Jokic MVP, Michael Porter Jr., MIP, Bones, Sixth Man of the Year, Christian Brown, Rookie of the Year, uh, Bruce Brown, Defensive Player of the Year, Malone, Coach of the Year, and Calvin Booth, Executive of the Year. Dead last on this one to me, 
Brown, Christian Brown for rookie of the year is like impossible. That's impossible. That like come on, that can't because zero percent chance. Because well, because there's a lot of good rookies, and you don't win a rookie by rookie of the year by being a seventh man that guards and doesn't put up defensive discipline, yeah. baby. Yeah, like that's just so it can't be him. Um, and also like. Paolo Bencaro's averaging like 23 points. The, the rookie of the year race <laughs> might be over already. Paolo's unreal. No, because is also averaging like 20. But there's some you, rookies. Oh, you got one thing I could do because I wasn't with you fellas last night. Uh, at half, I flipped over to the end of Golden State Orlando. Do you enjoy that? Dude, Orlando is so fun to watch. They are fun. That's my team. They this may year. not be good, but they are a great watch. Also, yeah. more minutes for Bull and RJ. Unreal. I think Bruce Brown winning Defensive Player of the Year is like really that's not going to happen. That's just so For, well. No unlikely. player on this roster is winning Defensive Player of the Year. MPJ, oh, hold on, let me see the next close toughest one. I think Bones Highland at Six Man of the Year is honestly kind of tough. Does Calvin have a chance? Absolutely. I think Calvin Booth at Calvin Booth and Michael Malone. One. I think might yeah. be the two most likely. I think you're right on both accounts. I would say that Calvin Booth Executive of the Year feels slightly. More likely than I agree. Michael Malone, coach of the year at this very moment. I think after that, Jokic for MVP is probably the next best bet. Like, we're joking, but he's still averaging almost a triple double. He's like yeah, f- yeah. four assists away from averaging a triple double. So it's not like. And to be clear, the charge is he's not trying hard yet. Not that he can't do it. <laughs> like, okay, so he's at a triple double almost, give or take a little bit. Nuggets are five and three. You're not. You're telling me that the Nuggets can't be the number one seed in the West. He's averaging a 24 point triple double by the end of the year. Those numbers are all so possible maybe even likely other than the number one seed that part still feels hard but all the other numbers are like yeah i mean come on so him winning an mvp is not that crazy but i don't think it's gonna happen everything else even michael porter most improved to me feels like it's just so hard what seed the nuggets have to be for michael bones to win coach of the year two man i'm telling you if that happens though are they looking at calvin booth is he winning it like yeah who gets rewarded if it's just narrative based oh it's booth it's booth because they made these I changes. could see it being Malone. Yes, they did make they did bring in some key personnel this personnel. But from Malone's perspective, it's like, yes, we brought in all this new personnel and I had to incorporate Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back into things. Okay. I, I think it's good. We at least agree that Booth and Malone seem number one and two. Jokic number three, and all the other ones just seem so unpopular. By the way, Jokic is shooting a career high from the field. Fifty nine point four. Is he really? Yeah. It feels like he's missed everything. I know. <laughs> I know. Career high. Fifty nine point four percent. Threes from three. per game. How many is it? Low, lower than the season past? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Two point four this year. Three point nine last year. This is honestly a difference. He's just not taking a lot of threes, and so his two yeah. point percentage is always up. So his field goal percentage is up. That's, yeah. That's how it's going. Uh, let's get one more before our second break here. Jokic's delicious revenge asks, "What will happen first? Jokic fifty point game." Murray 40-point game, Michael Porter 40-point game, or Bones Highland 35-point game? I love this question. You guys brought it today. Great work. Oh, I th- I now think it's Jamal Murray. Jamal for 40? I'm kind of convinced MPJ will never do it. Because <laughs> either, either he'll stop shooting or they will just stop giving him the ball. But it happens every, out. every time you're like, he's on track for 75,000 points. They're like, yeah, but what about defense? Get Bruce in there. Porter's, Porter's so funny because his shot is so unblockable and he's so good at getting it off at this or that. But he really doesn't have that much dynamic to his game. Or at least he hasn't shown it. So it does feel hard to give a guy 
that many scoring chances because it's almost hard to get yeah. him scoring. He's chances. never going to be on ball enough. Yeah, a Jokic, Jokic fifty point game is going to be tough if he's not shooting it in first quarter. <laughs> That's a good point, Harrison. Actually, it would be hilarious for you. <laughs> he's got to do that in three quarters. Saturday to come out and score fifty, <laughs> and he's back to averaging twenty seven a game. <laughs> One game, it just raises his total, and he up. just flips us off in the press here and wants to, which you know, bones for thirty five. Bones heats up. We haven't. Bones is the player that we just haven't quite gotten to see because has he missed three games now? I think he's missed three. Like yeah. we just haven't quite. Bones. Been... The only opportunity Bones might have to do that is on a back-to-back when Jamal Murray's resting. I don't know, man. When he you forget just because of recency, but like when he gets hot, you play him a lot of minutes. You're just like, hey, this guy's on fire. Let's keep him in. Um, I might say Jamal. I think it's Jamal. 40. After watching last Jamal night. Jamal for 40. What did he have last him. night? 24? Like, yeah, it wasn't. But that was. But again, we've only seen him have it for like a quarter or two at a time. And I think. The, yeah. I, I'll the, go Jamal. The is Jamal back? The how back is he? And how much did last night help? Those questions, man. Like He had 24 last night. We're all. I mean, they were almost all in the second half. I think he had like five at halftime. Yeah. 16 think, in the second half. I think. 16 in the second half. Say so eight. So I just think that Jamal, I don't think he's back. But like I'm more confident in him being back shortly after last night, and if yeah. that's the case, then 40 points is on the table every night. Like, how far away are we from 40 being on the table every night? Totally. Well, and here's the thing about Jamal too. Like when he goes and gets this stuff, it's not. This is how he goes out and gets it. It's like right. improbable. It's back against the wall. Like yeah. we need. It would be on brand for him to score 40 before he gets back to 100 yeah. percent you know there's just something about and last night I, I wrote in the grades it was jamal's turn for a reminder game that he can just sort of bring that out of himself even if external circumstances you know don't bring that out of everyone else jamal drags it out of himself so i, I could see him just willing himself to 40 mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you what i have to give a shout out to mike singer yesterday i watched the jamal murray press conference i thought it was a very good one very insightful one and basically, he's the only guy on the road, him and Chris Dempsey, one person from Altitude and then him. And he had like seven questions last night, and they were all good, and Jamal gave really, really great. I have to give a shout-out to Jamal Murray, too, because I feel like he's just been way better with media this year. And that you, we all know it's not hard to be the only guy in a presser. And like to get seven, eight questions off, just like, you know. Oh, I, totally. I, that's not an easy thing, so I got to give him credit. Because I really enjoyed watching Murray's presser yesterday after the game and on that. So I think Murray, number one. I think Porter number two. You're right that it is hard, but man, he just makes threes, man. Eight threes. Well, every time he hits a yeah, single, he probably three. had to shoot like ten plus threes in that game. Yeah. Which which also two games ago I was happened. two games ago I thought Michael Porter was right there on the cusp of like my huge breakout. Last two games haven't necessarily seen it that uh, much, but you know what? Maybe it just goes. You, back you know what's funny know. though, man? I was writing the grades and I was like, tough night for Porter from the field. And I check. Three of six from three. Yeah, of course. Of course. Three of six. He's back up to 49%. And and next I might go Jokic 50. Here's the thing. If Jokic wanted 50, if Jokic just wanted, if he just wanted it, wouldn't he go out and get it? Yeah. Don't you feel like he could get a 50 if he wanted to? He he might have been able to get it last night. Last night he could have totally got it. At one point, I think the Nuggets are the number one three-point shooting team in the NBA right now. At one point he's going to go. They're they're sticking their guard to me one on right, one. Right. I just see how long it is they're gonna stick with that. Right. Yeah. And I have a feeling it'll be one or two quarters and he'll have twenty eight points. Yeah. Like what he did in the third quarter last night. I mean he only scored eight points, but it was just like four layups. He gets them whenever <laughs> right he wants. through Mike Mascala. And to to the credit of his genius, like after a first half of everyone in a Nuggets uniform hitting a three, they were just like, 
we're not doubling. Right. We're not sending help. <laughs> you know, we're going to leave Mike. You're going to leave Contavious. Yeah. I like yeah. the, the thought that they call him Contavious in their head. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they do. Bones 35. These all feel likely to me, though. They all feel super possible. That's what's fun. All right. Let's take a break. On the other side, we got one more question that I think is a good one. And then we're going to do some hot box and hot takes, including your hot box and hot takes. Whoa. I got to think of mine. <laughs> Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of DNVR. They've got polos, hats, golf bags, and a beer sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers, seven beers. right inside of lot. your golf bag, and it keeps them cold. How for good the of a golfer are you at seven beers? Round. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, what's the what's the beer pong equation? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Two beers in, you're great. You're a little calm or whatever, but yeah. you're a little sloppy. And then, yeah, seven beers you're, in. Like, oh, my you're God. You're done. <laughs> you shouldn't be driving a golf cart at seven beers, to be honest with you. Check out pinsandaces.com. Use code DNVR to get 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's at pinsandaces.com. Also, at Hassle Cattle Company right now, you guys can go to Hassle Cattle Company, enter the code DNVR20, get 20% off your entire order, get 20% off your bag of beef with the code DNVR20 at HassleCattleCompany.com. It's the best damn Wagyu beef you'll ever eat. That's legit, too. It, you, there's a difference with Hassle Cattle Company compared to any other beef that you're eating out there. It's cheaper in the long run too if you're somebody who, you know, cooks meat a lot. HassleCattleCompany.com use code DNVR20 for 20% off your order. That's at HassleCattleCompany.com use the code DNVR20. Also, Athletic Greens with one scoop of Athletic Greens and a cup of water the beginning of every day, every single morning, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. If you want better gut health, if you want more energy in your daily life, you want to optimize your immune system, all you need to do is drink one cup of Athletic Greens every single morning. Go to athleticgreens.com slash nuggets, athleticgreens.com slash nuggets to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance all righty back here segment three wrapping up a friday edition of the show guys tomorrow is our takeover very excited for the takeover um if you're part of the party bus of course you want to be there we're going to be recording i know people don't always love this we're going to pre-record the post the pre-game show tomorrow a little early but you guys still have it so if you're not here we'll have a pre-game show we'll be talking about all the same stuff it'll be great five o'clock we're going to be done we're going to be downstairs i recommend the bus leaves at six o'clock the bus tomorrow leaves at six o'clock for, for the arena. I recommend you get here around 5 or earlier, but you can be here at 5. You have dinner here at the bar. We have some great new food, a whole new kitchen staff, whole new menu, whole new ingredients. Uh, get some food, grab a beer or two. Then we'll all hop on the bus together and ride over. Actually, I think we'll need vote and... I think you'll be on the bus. I'm not sure if I'll bus. be on. The, I think I might be driving over, but meeting everybody at the, at the arena. So you'll be without me for 10 minutes. You'll minutes. survive. That's you'll so. survive. But it's going to be a great time. If you are not on the party bus and you do not have a ticket, still come to the DNVR bar tomorrow because when we get back, it's Saturday night at the DNVR bar. We'll have a post-game show. You never know what surprises might pop up. And then afterwards, we're all just going to hang out downstairs having beers and talking nugs. If the nugs get a win tomorrow, you better believe I want to be downstairs hearing everybody in-person hot takes on the Denver Nuggets. I want to talk nuggets with you guys. Tomorrow's a great opportunity for that before the game, after the game. But if you're not on the bus, you missed out on this one, still come down to the bar. All right, Marcus asks, did we settle on who is the new Mr. Nugget? I feel like Bruce Brown is the clear number one contender at the moment. Wow. The answer is, no, we have not. No, we have not. But we did a very good thing 
by saying that you cannot declare Mr. Nugget in the offseason. It has to happen yeah. in the season. Don't you feel like That's that in question the has significantly different context now that we've yes, watched some games? it does. Do you feel like we've watched enough games to know the answer to that? I don't. <laughs> I don't either. Me neither. Me neither. So, no, the seat still vacant, I Can think. Can I ask you guys who who's leading your personal race? For me personally, it's probably Bones and Bruce Brown. Bones and Bruce Brown. Bones still the vibe. We haven't Bones has kind of had a tough season so far in that he yeah. missed three of eight games or whatever. So like we just haven't seen a whole lot. And then as I mentioned earlier, I think he was thrown a difficult situation early on. I do think the bench is coming into clarity a little bit more, and I would not be surprised if on Saturday night Bones plays, has a great game, and it's a party. Right. And like mm-hmm. you're kind of reminded of it. That being said, Bruce Brown fits a lot of the Mr. Nugget qualities that you like Bones is a vibes master. Bruce Brown is he's like a in the hustler. six foot three to six foot five range. Exactly, he's in that range of size. You're right. It will be funny to find out what the tallest Mister Nugget in history will be. But he just hustles. Man, I know, like, it's Gary Harris. Being a hustler is like a big part of this, and the, like he's a hustler. He seems to fit with a lot of different combos. I don't know. There's those guys. Aaron Gordon still has a, a, a little you know argument in this. Christian Brown maybe like too early, a year early on it. But yeah. the I mean, scary the scary thing about Bruce is. You know, this could be a short-term stint in Denver for Bruce. But it doesn't change the fact that he is here now. Yeah. You can have a one-year Mr. Nugget tenor. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it, though. Bones and AG for me are the leaders in the clubhouse. AG and Bones? AG and Bones. But I think Bones... I gave my endorsement to AG in the summer, but I have to admit that I think Bones is leading the race right now. Well... What do you think? uh, Bones is leading the race for sure. Yeah. All right, we'll find out what the chat thinks, but I just it's it's funny because it definitely feels like we need a little bit of time. We just need a little bit of more more scoping this out. All right, let's do some hot box and hot takes, shall we? Ooh. You guys want a little hot box and hot takes? Um, let's do it. Light me up. <laughs> let's see here. I'm trying to find where where Use this tweet promo was code. At. Oh, we don't have that anymore. All right, here it is. I got it. We got a lot of good ones. I'm going to read you guys some other people's hot okay. box and hot let's takes. Go. Let's go. Get me in the mood. Dylan Hackett says, as a team, the Nuggets will have the highest three-point percentage for a season all time. 43%. First of all, the 96-97 Hornets are number one. 43%. You know about that year? They moved the line forward. Yeah. <laughs> Throw frauds. them out. They don't count. They're frauds. Second is 42% by the 15-16 Golden State Warriors. Can they get there? They'd have to raise their percent. I think they're at forty-one point seven. No way. They're at forty-one point seven percent. It's awesome. So they're not that far off. Like two or three made threes away. But they'd have to raise. But it. they'd have to raise it um, to get to that spot. That's a really hot take. I'm going to give it four peppers. Yeah, it's hot. Actually, I'm going to give it five peppers. That's a five pepper. That's a five pepper take. It's a five pepper. It's not zero percent though. That's why it's a great hot take. It's also a fun one. Like that's a great creative one, man. Half of having a good hot take is it being creative. This is a good point. You hot boxed well there. Uh, Miroslav says, "What if I? What if I tell you that the third best (laughs) Nugget in this year's playoffs isn't on the roster yet? The Uh, third best player is not on the roster. I'd be disappointed. Oh, I, I, I'm telling you this one to me." Who are they trading? Three for? and a half peppers. Kevin Durant. Three and a half peppers. Yep. Yeah, look. Oh are you telling God, me that, that would you suck? Uh, look, Michael. A Michael Porter trade for a Jimmy Butler. A Michael Porter trade for a Kevin Durant. Michael Porter trade for some player we don't foresee yet. I wouldn't be that surprised. Or a Jamal Murray I'd trade or something surprised. like that. I would be surprised too. That's why it's three and a half. But it's you not. said you just you just said you wouldn't be that surprised. <laughs> I'm saying it's a, it's a three and a half pepper surprise. It's not a five pepper. Okay. If they were the number one three point shooting team in all time, I'd be like, "That's I'm just, very surprised." It just bums me out, man. We're so far away from the brightest timeline and the they did it the right way thing already as it is. Like, if you flip another piece of the core for KD, like, 
I'm sure we all just want to see K- the title. K- KD definitely. Nets, just KD the Brooklyn definitely. Nets in Denver. Like, Jimmy Butler? You know. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm actually, I saying, could get behind that one. But, man, but I just, not, the, you're right. Let's not the do it. Good it's enough. weird. Until I don't like we know talking about trading, guys. Just go be We enough. love him, PJ. The brightest time. I think stuff. that's a five-pepper take from here. The, 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 the real fun is Third best Michael player. Porter just kicks that's ass. It. And that's like what I want to see. Clicks. He's good, He's man. working so hard. He's Let's reward him by not talking about trading. Just go win the title. Jay Rock, the homie, says, hot take here. Jokic is purposely not scoring to keep himself out of the MVP debate. We talked about this earlier. That's a two It's backfiring as he will average a solid triple-double. I love it. Yeah. That's Serbian karma. Everything about that's accurate. Jokic was trying to throw 23 turnovers yesterday and he only ended up with 10 and 13 assists. Right. (laughs) He's like, damn it, I was throwing that one away. I'm just too good. Yeah. The play, by the way, I put this on Twitter can you find it? Actually, go to my Twitter, Kale, and pull it up. The play from last night where Yo- it's the all. It might be the number one oh, yeah. best orchestration of Jokic's career. He's had a lot of doozies, and he's had more. But watch this one. He says, "No, you throw to there, and you walk over there. Watch, because people don't know the play. You gotta make it. Yeah, there you go. He goes, throw it over there, walk over there. Okay, now you no, come pass this way. It back to me. And now you cut. And, and now cut. you come here. There's and they <laughs> cut now. Shot fake. Yeah. They can't okay. Hold off like, Mike. Yeah. dude, watch it again. Let it play one more time because I want to watch how much energy Jokic expends here. He's standing. He's pointing. He's standing. He's standing. He's standing. He's like, <laughs> this is why I say he plays a different game than everybody else. He's playing a different game. He plays hilarious. It's awesome. He literally just walks like one step. It's not really walking. He's just shuffling his feet a little. And he creates a wide open layup with a defense that's literally watching him orchestrate here, 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 here. Yeah, see, yeah. Oh, Was that Jalen with the low man there that ends up yeah. contesting? Because the other thing, too, is he's like, he's got Porter in the corner. Yeah. So he sees but this, That's actually, so I go back and pull this yeah. up again. I'll tell you what's actually going on in this play. There's actually only one piece of this that, this is why Jokic does things that are masterful. Pause it when I tell you. This part, he's just trying to get the proper exchange, get the shooter on the wick side. Now, right here, pause it. All that's happening right now is he knows with an empty corner, they're going to jump out and try to switch this, right? Yeah. That's all he knows. So he does a little jab, fake jab step. So they think the switch happens. Both run at Jokic. Go ahead and play. They both run out. He just, that's the only thing he knows is that they're going to do that and that the low man is either going to help early or help late. And if he helps late, you throw to Michael Porter. If he helps early, you throw to Bruce Brown. That's actually the only calculus here. And it's just funny that nobody else sees it. I know. It's funny that he can distill the game down into the one thing that matters on any given possession. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, yeah, you guys do this. So I only have to read that guy. Okay. Nope. He didn't help. Layup. And he does help. By the way, so easy. that's the beauty of having Mike, uh, Michael Porter Jr. on the court, too. You can see the indecisiveness in real time. They're like, well, I don't want yeah, yeah, exactly. to leave him. Totally true. They're like, I think the right thing is to leave the thing. Technically, I'm supposed to leave him, but that <laughs> doesn't seem feels wrong. It doesn't seem right. William says Jamal Murray will play at an all-star level this year. That's we, hot. The way he phrased it, if you're talking about for the whole season. I would say wrong because we're already eight games in and he has not been at an all-star level. If you tell me that by like January, February, or March, one of those months, he's playing at an all-star level, two pepper take. Two right. pepper. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of good players. Shays two to three pepper take. Right now, me. you know, who are the the guards? Out? I mean, the West, if you go through, like Shea is now firmly an all-star player at this moment. It's only eight games, but he's averaging mm-hmm. 32 points per game. Yeah. 32. That's crazy. So also, like, well, two it. of those games have come against the Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you want to know something funny? Not his highest scoring game. Yeah. 37 is his second, but the last one was like 28 or something, which was his second. Lowest. Oh, he's been crushing everyone. And by the way, he's not, sh- he can't shoot and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not matter. doesn't matter. He's actually kind of, this is a crazy comp. He's kind of like Luca, man. 
in that he's a counter puncher that he dribbles real slowly. He doesn't make moves until you change your footwork and then he attacks it. And he just mm-hmm. has such good timing that as soon as you get yourself out, he knows exactly how to take advantage right, of yeah. everything you do. So he's almost never making moves that like you can't stop. He's just reacting to however you try to stop him. Mm-hmm. He's really good, man. Um, let's see what else do I got. Joker and Jamal are the best two man duo in the league. They're the next Parker Duncan. What's funny when he put the last part there, the Parker Duncan part, nobody really called Parker Duncan the best duo in the league at any point, even though they might have been. There was Kobe and Shaq, and there was other guys, but they might have actually been. It's just they never were heralded as that. Right. They were respected, but never ranked. For whatever reason, Tim Duncan's just never ranked at anything. You know what? You ever notice yeah. that? Um, but nonetheless, the best duo in the NBA, who is who are they competing with? Well, we had this fun... We had did a whole episode on this or a segment on this one time. Right. It was a really fun conversation because as you start to go through this exercise, you realize like the staying power of a duo, you know, not just this season, but even like the last, you know, handful of years, it's, it's like, it's, it's, that might be the avenue to the two of them together yeah. kind of solidifying themselves in Nuggets mm-hmm. history. But I'm curious winter you think might be better. At well, this point. we can't, we don't have time to go through all of it. Just do you feel like it's a, I think it's on the table by the end of the season, for sure. Just like I think it was on the table the last time Jamal Murray was fully healthy. I mean, best duos right now. They're not duos. Like Ingram and Zion Harden and Embiid. Yeah, they're probably not, the one that comes duo. to mind. Those are two good players, but they're not a good duo. Yeah. I mean, LeBron and AD. Yeah. Booker and Chris Paul. Kind of like, But again, they don't feel like a duo. They're two good players playing yeah. alongside each other. Guard, big man duo, I think. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, Michael Shield says Jokic will not win MVP. This regular season is for molding a true Jokic ball team. But as Finals MVP, he will redefine what it means to be the best player through both his own play and even more the elevation of plays of his teammates. God, our people are so smart. <laughs> One pepper take. <laughs> what, well, we have a, the smartest four, basketball IQ fans. Four pepper take on the Nuggets winning the Finals and him beginning Finals MVP. Like that's still a, a long shot, but. If it does happen, 100%, that's going to be how we talk about it. So uh, I like it. Uh, Matthew says, when the playoffs start, Christian Brown will be closing games for the Nuggets. Four, and a, half, four and a half pepper take. Really yeah, hot. four pepper take. But you know something? Not a five pepper take. Right. It's not a five pepper take. <laughs> Malone sure loves him. Who, who, what kind of player is Christian Brown for his De- career? Defensive, no, low-mistake defender. Yeah, low mistake defender, and if he can make the three like he's been shooting with confidence lately, then he's like an elite three and D player. He yeah. probably turns into like at you know hopefully turns into the kind of guy that every team and media guy around the league you look at him, you got a little bit of roster envy. We can use one of those. I think low end. This is going to sound crazy, but low end. I think he is Royce O'Neal, who's a very good defensive player. You know, but like he's not that dynamic on offense. And as much as he can shoot in big games, do you want to hang your hat on him making a wide open threes? Like maybe not. But that's the low end. High end, his offense has some work to do. He needs to develop a little bit of a handle. He needs to be, become a better finisher or what have you. But defensively, man, if he just adds a little bit of usefulness offensively, I yeah. think he becomes super dynamic. I'm wondering if he's Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Dylan Brooks more of, eh, he's a dog. They're, they're different. Dylan Brooks way more dynamic on offense. Well, I mean, I'm saying he's long also, term, maybe also, he's Dylan Brooks, but also, obviously not right now. Dylan, Dylan Brooks also like is so far outside the lines. Dylan Brooks would be a better player if he had more Christian Brown control him, but he's way yep. more skilled. I'm and, just saying like impact. Yeah. All right. Um, Josh says the defensive growth won't start happening until the offensive growth begins to stabilize. I like that one. 
I kind of like that one. I think that's a good take. I don't even think it's a hot take. I think it's a good one. Solid. I always connect these two things. Like sometimes your offense breeds a little confidence in your defense, especially with a lot of turnovers. Pablo says AG might really shoot over forty percent from three this season. (laughs) Five pepper take. Five five. That's a five pepper. I think he's at twenty percent right now, guys. Yeah. So that would be little recency bias. (laughs) Just a little bit. What is he at actually? Let me. I could be way off on this, but I I mean, he probably upped his three point percentage a lot just from. He's at thirty percent. He's at thirty percent. Okay. So twenty nine point six percent. I'm still going five pepper take, man. Although I will say his threes yesterday, last time, last night. Very confident, very clean. They look good. Were they pure? They weren't rattlers. They no. weren't rattlers. That he had some string music. Magic fan flowchart. It's really just about his shooting. You're like, <laughs> this is the worst shooter in the league. It looks better this year. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting one. Sam says, Mike Malone will use complex and thought-out rotations. No more hockey rotations. I'll tell you what. Two peppers take. Yeah, I was going to say one it. pepper take. We're, I think pepper. we're there. I think so, I think too. he's doing it. He deserves... Coming into the season, I thought that was going to be one of the biggest stocking. And I still think it is. It's just that it's been in the affirmative. Totally. I think it's disguised how much Michael Malone has adjusted what is, to this point, a very real trend in his coaching career. I think he's made an adjustment there. So he deserves a little credit. But we'll see. I mean, only eight games. We'll see if this continues. Plenty of time. Um, Denver Omelette says Bruce Brown will be in the starting rotation midseason. I I just don't think so. Without an injury happening, that's a... Five pepper take. I just think it doesn't matter. Like he comes off the bench, it doesn't matter. He plays just. A, he plays starter minutes last night. Yeah, just stagger and you're yeah, good. He just staggers. Um, let's see. Oh, Jake Coin, aka Bronco Squatch, aka Stat Squatch, says the best form of the Nuggets roster isn't the one where Jokic scores thirty points per game, but the one where he facilitates and saves some energy for the defensive end while still taking over the game offensively for small stretches here or there. Agreed. One pepper take. Yeah, that's, that's the case. Jake, Jake, not a hot take. Yeah, he's not, really, not, not cut out for it. Good at a lot of things. Coming up with real hot takes. Steamy, the most controversial, accurate take. Of but but it's, it is a meaningful one here because a lot of talk has happened. And even on the timeline last night, I got my guy RB. I disagree with the take, and I think a lot of people disagreed with it. Listen to the pod. He walked back a little bit. And we just see it differently. We'll see how the season goes. But he really is still bothered by the way Jokic is playing, even last night. Last night, I honestly think he had the right Me too. mix. And I think in the third quarter, he started to take over. And in the fourth quarter, to your point, he had eight points. Like, I just think that he can pick his spots better. The difference, though, and the one thing I think Ryan is 100% right on is <laughs> you are more of a facilitator on the offensive end. You're in the post less on the offensive end. Like, Jokic, we know he can score if he goes down there, and he's just not even going down there. But that's because you save energy for the defensive end. I think Jokic has saved energy. Not used it. But not used it. <laughs> yeah. So, stored up energy. that, And maybe it is like Jokic's been through some grueling seasons and he just knows like, hey, man, trust me. I'm good. Totally. It's November. Totally. I, know, I, I know exactly how much fuel I have in the tank. I'm totally. good. Maybe. But, he, but he can play defense. But last night, like a lot of people said, if Murray didn't take over, the Nuggets don't win that game. Maybe. I said that you on said the post But I'm show. saying a lot of people have said it. And, <laughs> and my whole takeaway is this. Maybe. It's not like the Nuggets were down 10. They were down one. They were down one. Murray absolutely stepped up and won that one for him. But I just think that Jokic was in the process of also being like, I agree. With I you. have to do the annoying thing tonight and impress myself a little bit harder. So maybe, maybe not. But I do think that Jokic has sort of stepped up. The times that he has it this year... Portland, when he got into foul trouble, and I think that was what took him out. And then Anthony Simon, by the time he checks back in, Anthony Simons had made seven straight Mm three-pointers. Like, I'm not trying to excuse him for it. I'm just saying that I think that more often than not this year, he has actually picked little pockets to be super aggressive, and those pockets have opened up the game, and that's more important. So, Jake, one pepper take. 
Um, Sunny. Uh, actually, that's the same one. BK19. Full straight Nuggets is a nightmare matchup for the Bucks. Mm, two pepper take. Nightmare? No, because that's a good team. But I do think of all the good teams, like really good contending teams, yeah. the Bucks seem like the easiest one, in large part because t- Giannis you can, is one of those players you can give a padding to. And I think yeah. that they're best when he's the center. And I just think we've seen Jokic, even in EuroLeague, the things he is bad at defensively are not the things Giannis is good at offensively. Right. I also don't think that's the Bucks point. are going to throw anything at you that's surprising. They're just going to make you work for I've it. I've always you know what the Bucks matchup. are going to do. Yeah, I've always liked that matchup. For Denver. Denver's been good against them. Uh, D-Town says the Nuggets will sweep anyone they play in the first round. Five pepper take. Five pepper take. Until they do it, that's a five pepper take. I'll go four pepper take. It's... It's spicy, but it's not that inconceivable, man. This team's good. They match yes, up. Yes, but they're incapable of a short Maybe. playoff series. Again, it's win. four peppers. I'm not saying you were saying five because you said incapable. I just think they're very unlikely. But the closest they've come is six. <laughs> but they've also only played in one, two playoff series where they've had like their roster. So my my point is, if you they've told me that the Nuggets matched up with let's say um, Portland this year and they won in four, I would not be like, no way, they beat Portland. Right. Like. Yeah, it's a team that they're mm-hmm. just better than, I think, even though they got smacked by Anthony Simons. Um, here's Joshua saying, the best lineups only feature two of their four best players. <laughs> but then he lists their four best players as such. Jokic, Jamal, MPJ, Bones. <laughs> I if he's That's not their four best players. AG is their fourth best player, in my opinion. Yeah, me too. And if that's the case, then no. I think you still need three of them. If Bones is the fourth best player, then absolutely. I think their best lineups probably feature two. Right, two of those. You're really talking about the big three, two of the three. Although I will say this, you guys know want to know a crazy stat? Two most used Nuggets lineups so far: the starters and the starters with Bruce Brown in for Michael Porter. Which yeah. one would you guess is better? Um, I think it's with Michael Porter. Bruce Brown, right? nine point one net versus eight point six, almost identical, oh, almost oh. exactly identical. But here's the cre- the crazy part: the defense. Michael Porter version, way better on defense, way worse on offense. The Bruce Brown one, way better on offense, way worse on defense. Small sample size, guys, yeah. all small sample size, but just kind of funny. This happened, was it last year this happened where early in the season when Michael Porter was on the court, the Nuggets had like a 91 defensive rating for mm-hmm. somehow. And yeah. it was like, so I don't know. I mean, there's just something too. Porter always looks horrible on defense and it's always a net positive somehow. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Let me see if there's anything up. Oh, that was all. We had a couple other ones. Do you guys want to give yours real quick here? Career high for AG is 41 points. I think he did it against the Nets as a Magic. What's that? I think he did it against the Nets as a Magic. Career high 41 for AG. Really? You think he's going to break it? My hot box and hot, hot takes. AG breaks that this year. Wow! 42-point game from AG would be insane. But yeah. you know what? He is scoring the hell out of the ball. You get a game like last night, but the, the mismatch is just present the whole time. And... You know, the rest of the team isn't shooting 40% from three. And Jokic just spams the AG button. He's averaging more than Mike, Jamal Murray right now. 15.4 to 15.3. It's kind of wild. Shooting I think Nikola Jokic has a 20 assist game this season. <laughs> Jesus. Career high is 18. I think he has a 20 assist game. <sighs> Here's the thing. Jokic assisting usually means you're up a lot. He had 13 last night, and they were up for 15 by most of the night. They did have a blown third quarter, so maybe that's it. The Nuggets get up 20. They blow it all in like yeah, three minutes. the bench plays really So he bad. has to come up and have another monster one. Yeah, 20, I think he gets a 20-assist game. Just if, if Jokic has 20 assists, the Nuggets are scoring 120 that night. And so 
It might have to be. Yeah, yeah, they would. So I just don't defense see him optional being that game, close. which is very. What's his career high? Eighteen. Eighteen. He's so close. God damn. How is he at eighteen? And that was in like twenty twenty, I think. That's and crazy. this roster right now is so much better offensively. He has two games right now with 13-plus assists this year, right? Mm-hmm. He might be right, man. Um, mine is the Nuggets will have two of the best five-man lineups in the NBA by the by the end of the season. This is not that spicy of a take, I don't think, because we already see, I just said, plus 8.6, plus 9.1. Both numbers go up, I think. Nice. I think the Bruce Brown Nuggets and the Michael Porter Nuggets both have a monster regular season net rating. It's crazy that those guys are already at the basically plus nine, each of them, both of those lineups, and we feel like they haven't really caught their rhythm yet. Murray's still not scoring this or that. Yeah. People like it's funny, like nobody's really talking about the Nuggets. Good thing, because like they haven't they haven't been nobody's good really or bad. They've just kind of been, well, That's a good point. Nobody's too, talking about basketball. Yeah, nobody said anything anti too anti Semitic yet on the Nuggets. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on knock the on wood. wood right there, yeah. But I will say this. They haven't been noteworthy, the Nuggets yet. Like when people ask me about them, like this or that, like how have they looked? Do they look? I'm like, they've looked like a good team that hasn't put anything together yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's that's kind of what it looks like. And most of this is Jamal. I do think that once Jamal is back, yeah. And I'm more confident after last night's game that he will be back in some point in the first thirty ish games. That once they get back, I just look at they're already plus nine with both of the configurations of the most used lineup. Uh, th- that lineup is going to be a plus twelve, plus thirteen, and it's going to be volume. It's going to play that. And I think it wins its minute. Those two combinations of lineups are going to win their minutes nine out of ten times. I agree. So I agree. Nine out of ten, ten stints. Um, all right, hit that outro music there, Kale. Whew. Friday show. I was feeling very casual. Did we even go a little bit long? We went we a little did. bit long. We went way long today, guys. That's how much good questions and good yeah. stuff we had to talk about. I just stopped answering your questions. So yeah, we I can appreciate get out that. Of here. <laughs> uh, that does it though for today, guys. Tomorrow, the party bus. Come down to the bar. Even if you're not on I'll the bus, there. come down to the bar. Have a drink with us, and then after the game, you'll be here. We'll have a good time, especially if it's a party tomorrow. If the Nuggets get a nice win. Smackdown. Oh man. The San Antonio Spurs. Whew. We'll have a good time together. Everybody hit that like button on the way out. Hey, we got some really good ratings and reviews the last couple days, man. You guys know if you get a really good one, we might have to work it in on the Apple Podcasts app. Sure. You leave us a rating and review. We'll have to read these on the Winners Lounge or something tomorrow. Or maybe when we have guests on the show tomorrow, we'll make them read our reviews. <laughs> like Welcome that. to the show. Read our five star reviews. Will you say this nice thing somebody said about me to me? <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm good with that. Hit the like button on the way out. 